This is the We Spin Recipes podcast with Andrew Apanov. Hello, hello, it's Andrew Apanov, and you are listening to a new edition of the We Spin Recipes podcast. Without further ado, meet my guest today, Adam Ravestack. He takes quite a different than most of his peers in the industry approach to running a record label. I really like to watch how labels adjust to the realities of the industry, so I was curious to talk to Adam on how he operates his New York-based electronic music label called Technophonic. There, all artists keep all their rights and have full creative control. While not earning anything from sales and placements of um, uh, the artist's music, the label earns through optional services like mastering and promotion available for the label's artists at reduced prices. So it's like a production company, record label, agency, mentorship, all mixed together. In my opinion, it's a solid model if it's executed properly and if uh, the artists are treated appropriately, not depending on their expense on any such services. And as you will hear from Adam, he's really passionate about delivering to his producers in full. And while I, I haven't talked to any of the label artists to see their perspective, based on the rising amount of uh, artist dictaphonic releases, this does work well both for the label and the artist. Hear it all for yourself in these rather short and uh, to the points episodes. I hope you will um, find some interesting uh, uh, tips and ideas for uh, your own music project or a label if you run one. So hope you enjoyed. Here we go. Adam, thank you so much for being on the show. It's great to have you here and to learn more on what you do. And speaking of that, <laughs> can you introduce yourself uh, briefly to our listeners, if you don't mind? Sure. Um, thank you again for having me today. So I am a composer, producer, and record label owner. And um, my uh, recent uh, venture is in uh, this record label that I started about a year ago. And uh, it's called uh, Technophonic Recordings. And uh, we're changing the way that we're conceptualizing the way labels operate. So we're quite different. We're kind of somewhere in between the independent distribution channels and a record label. So one of the big things that, you know, with the internet and the advancements in technology, you know, has become major catalyst for change in the industry. And so you can record and distribute music far more cheaply these days. And so the once you know, intermedi- intermediary role that uh, the record label used to play in helping to facilitate getting mu- the artist's music out there is no longer necessary. So the downside of going the independent route to reach your music is that the marketplace has become so oversaturated. So it makes it more difficult to get noticed these days. And so the alternative is to get signed to a record label that uh, may promote your music, but you'll have to compromise your ownership of your music and, and it limits your creative control. So as an artist myself, with going both the independent route and being signed to a label, I wasn't you know, satisfied or happy with the results I was getting from either side. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I didn't particularly like signing over my copyrights and ownership to my music when I was signed with a label. And so I, I knew there had to be a better way, better solution than going completely on your own or getting signed and signing away your right. So I founded Technophonic Recordings as a way to help my other artists 
that you know wanted to stay independent but still get some of the benefits that you would get as a from a record label. And uh, you know, I started out in this industry as a contemporary classical composer, writing for a variety of different uh, international ensembles, and sort of started uh, producing electronic music. Always kind of dabbled in electronic music uh, since I went to since studying at university. I, I uh, went to school for music technology and uh, had my degree in music technology, and then went on to get a master's in composition. So then I moved to New York, uh, New York City afterwards, and uh, tried to get involved in the new music community here in New York City and uh, had some of my works performed at a variety of different venues here in New York. And then always had sort of the bug for electronic music sort of still in there. And so I started producing under the alias Sonic Fear a couple years ago and uh, had some releases on some labels and then you know, and also going the independent route. So then that sort of got me thinking about, you know, better ways to get my music out there as well as helping other artists that that I've been uh, in contact with over the years. So that's quite an interesting story. And with your classical music background and uh, yeah, with what you've been doing label wise, and you mentioned that you start you, you did it to help a friend, but now you've got uh, quite a few artists on, on the label, right? Your yeah, yeah um, I was uh, really excited about the overwhelming response um, since starting the label. I think um, artists are looking for a better way to get their music out there to fans. And I think putting artists' interests first uh, really helped the label grow you know, tremendously in the last year. And uh, yeah, we have, it's crazy, we have 40 artists from the United States, the UK, Australia, Canada, Russia, Germany. Czech Republic, uh, even Sweden and Colombia and Brazil. So we've really expanded very quickly. And I think that was primarily because we, you know, we're offering something different in the industry. We're, you know, offering support as a label and then, but still letting the artists keep creative control and ownership over their music. And I, I think that's really important these days. And so, yeah, I guess, yeah, like you said, it started to help a couple friends and then it sort of grew from there. That's awesome. Could you elaborate a bit more on uh, on what these artists get? And uh, I'm really interested in seeing how you operate here, uh, getting as many details as possible, at least. Uh, so artists listening to us can get some interesting insights and, uh, you know, maybe look at uh, differently at the record labels they've been working with and also for the record labels label owners out there because quite a lot of music producers start their own mm-hmm. small labels and uh, it's not always a success for many of them and I'm pretty sure that they can learn from you. So I'm curious like how has it been going uh, for you so far? Do you have uh, like how many records do you put out? What kind of uh, maybe promotional supports your artists receive mentioning what yeah so considering what you mentioned and uh, has it been working out for you financially so far, if you can talk about that a little bit? It's a little challenging, I have to be honest. When you uh, let your artists keep uh, all the rights uh, and, uh, you know, the industry being what it is now, um, people aren't buying music as much as they used to. And, you know, digital download sales are, are going down even, and we're primarily a digital label. So we're, you know, we're complementing that with uh, additional services that we offer, 
we do offer some, you know, a lot of free support, you know, with artists and releasing their music on our label. And, you know, we publicize our, our releases on social media and we send out uh, targeted e-newsletters to various blogs and radio stations to help promote it. And uh, recently, we last month, we released a compilation album that has really shined a spotlight on our artists. And uh, we work to get uh, a lot of placements on on some blogs recently to promote the artists. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a big advancement. But, you know, I think in, in terms of, you know, it takes time to grow a business, uh, as you know, and uh, being in the first year, I think we really set the stage for growth in the in the following years that to come. And, uh, you know, we, as I mentioned, we do complement with other services, such as, you know, um, promotion to boost their social media presence, as well as uh, rebranding and helping that, you know, sort of helping the artists brand themselves. So, we, so there's a consulting component to the mm-hmm. label as well. Yeah. And this way, uh, the, the kind of the, the business model is built around the artist, which by the way, mm-hmm. I'm, I think is, uh, is a good model because artists do need support and uh, like <laughs> obviously like we we here have been doing that as an agency uh, for years helping musicians grow online and improve their branding and so on so artists do need these kind of services in order to grow and um, sometimes it means investment for them financial investments mm-hmm. in this kind of stuff so from your experience of working with different musicians so far can you highlight any typical mistakes artists who reach out to you make because uh, like let's give some label outreach tips to producers listening to us and who want to get signed uh, to any kind of record label can you highlight some things that like what stood out in the artists who reached out to you besides the music because obviously that's the call of it yeah so we you know we always start with the music first so we recognize the artistry and being, you know, an artist myself and being a classically trained musician, you can tell really quickly whether an artist has it together or not <laughs> just by their music. So it's always starting with the music and then going from there is if they have established themselves in on social media or have a, a presence, it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a huge presence, but, uh, you know, that shows shows that they have potential for growth. and. Also that, you know, that uh, they're kind of, you know, looking outside of the box, so to speak, uh, you know, thinking about, you know, their their music as a whole and, and where it fits within the industry. And we can certainly help artists with that. And that's that's sort of what makes us different. I think a lot of indie labels think when you approach them, they're coming from perspective of whether this artist is going to sell really well or not. And mm-hmm. uh, that's not the case with us. So we're we're really kind of helping artists really develop themselves around these releases. And so doing it from perspective of putting the music first, as opposed to there's, as you know, there's other services out there that will help brand the artists themselves and their story. And so we we're helping them brand mm-hmm. the story of their music. So if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 totally. Have you been looking into licensing some of the releases to some other labels to expand the reach? We actually are looking into licensing this year. It makes it a little more complicated when you let the artists uh, keep their ownership of their music. Uh, so we're working really in partnership with our artists. And uh, 
so we're we're more interested in in licensing and sync placements for TV and film, and that's uh, you know this going into our second year. This is where our our main focus is going to be on is in in licensing. Yeah, that's uh, good to hear because this is where the money can be lined for for musicians. Uh, have you had uh, lots of artists who have been into live performance and DJing as well? Maybe assisting with that anyhow. Mm-hmm. I know. Um, a lot of different independent labels are going the route of artist management and, you know, making bookings for their artists at various clubs and, and so forth. We're not, you know, being a very young label, only a year in operation. That's uh, something we're looking into for down the road. Um, and uh, so, but for now, I mean, we are with our artists, they are, uh, uh, many of them are already performing and uh, we have artists that are performing locally in clubs where they're where they're from and then we have artists that are are touring Mm -hmm. as well so we have one dj that has a residency in las vegas so yeah as far as established artists and emerging artists we're supporting both on our label cool that sounds good so yeah, I mean that's uh, definitely an interesting approach overall, and I'm kind of now it, it's uh, I'm I'm getting a bigger I'm seeing a bigger picture here of how things uh, operate at Technophonic, and uh, it's is interesting for sure. Have you have you seen a similar kind of model in different genres where you've been learning from it, or you really end up you you do consider it's uh, an innovative uh, model and i'm asking because uh, while i kind of get the model really well i i can't remember of any other label doing exactly the same thing so i'm also interested if you see other labels uh, catching on and uh, doing something similar as you in the future yeah i mean i hope that's uh, the direction of the industry i mean the labels in the electronic music community are definitely not doing this <laughs> so we you know coming from the classical world i think the more the classical labels are are starting to go the direction of being more collaborative uh, with their artists and uh, you know releasing music together and sort of the artist is you know financing the project but the record label is giving them the support and there are are some indie classical record labels that are kind of in the same boat as us where letting the artists keep their rights uh, one in particular that comes to mind is New Amsterdam Recordings, which is also based here in New York, that focuses on contemporary classical music and allowing the artists to remain independent in ownership over their music, but getting kind of the similar support that we offer our artists in the electronic community. Right. Got you. Well, let's, yeah, let's see how it all goes and develops in, in these areas. Yeah. So any a, one more question to you as from the perspective of uh, someone who runs a label, any specific uh, tools that you could highlight that you use, uh, any online platforms uh, to, um, I don't know, distribute promos. Actually, it's interesting, The one of the podcast episodes with, that we're releasing is just about distributing um, demo recordings and promos to media and DJs and so on for electronic mm-hmm. labels, so it's kind of related. So maybe you use something in that area or just, yeah, maybe something that you can highlight and recommend to other label owners out there? Yeah, there there are several DJ promotion services out there and and we actually just partnered with a, a, with Zip DJ, which is is uh, allowing us to get our releases out to, to various DJs. 
So yeah, it's an interesting uh, business that we're industry that we're in now. And uh, I think uh, in terms of promotion, a lot of promotion efforts is sort of starting to shift towards getting DJs to actually play the music, you know, as opposed to solely focusing on building fan bases. So it's really, really interesting to see, you know, where the directions that the industry is going and uh, more and more putting focus on the artist, which is, I think, a good thing. Yeah, that's. Uh, uh, I can hear that this is the one of the core ideas of uh, your f- philosophy and and your approach to running the label, which is appreciated. So we've been seeing how artists have been undervalued for so many years. Uh, so it's definitely a very good thing that uh, you are focusing on this right now and trying to help artists out there. So yeah, you mentioned uh, some industry kind of trends and where things are moving anything uh, else that's uh, that's you may want to talk about or, or mention yeah i mean in terms of you know understanding what all types of rights are involved with uh recording with a piece of music i mean there's just so many different revenue stream possibilities at these days and and uh for record labels in particular is the is the ownership of the actual copyright of the sound recording. In our case, we're administering the copyright for our artists and we're um, collecting those what are called neighboring rights, which is essentially the, the royalties that are generated from the sound recording copyright owner through radio and TV broadcast. So getting registered with the right ag- agencies in, in your country or using so, for example, in, in the United States, we have uh, Sound Exchange. So it's very important for labels, I, I think, to register with uh, Sound Exchange. Or if you're working in the UK, uh, there's PPL. And uh, we actually happen to partner with uh, PPL because That's they, awesome. yeah, cause they have global registration. Whereas uh, at the time, uh, Sound Exchange was primarily US focused, but now they've recently expanded. So, But for us, PPL was a better fit. Since we do work with a lot of artists from from overseas, you know, non-US artists, so that was important to us to be registered with PPL. And then, you know, in in terms of uh, publishing too. So some some labels are you know taking on publishing as another revenue streams from the mechanical licensing of the sound recording. Again, in our case, we let our artists you know, own their publishing. So we're, so really we're just helping them getting, uh, helping them securing revenue streams that are, aren't possible as an independent artist or very hard <laughs> to get involved with and, you know, with exploiting the copyright to the actual sound recording. So that's, that's where we're, we're really focused on helping our artists get those untapped revenue sources. Excellent. Yeah. It's uh, and I can confirm that it can be frustrating and, and uh, complicated for artists to figure it out themselves. Although education is very important, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure that yeah, you you uh, not only understand that, but also try to educate your artists that you sign as well. So, how important is that in the whole process of working with musician? Yeah, exactly right. I mean, you know, I'm really an advocate for artist rights, and I feel that a lot of artists aren't don't know what all is involved with, you know, when they create a piece of music. So in all the types of revenue that 
in licensing and, and that can come about as a result of that piece of music. So really, I think that's one of the great things about we're sort of set up as sort of, you know, helping artists in, in the way of understanding the industry since it, mm-hmm. it has changed so much over the last few years. And, uh, you know, I think that's uh, step one and that's what uh, a huge benefit, I think, for our artists. And, you know, as an artist myself, that's one of my primary concerns is understanding the, you know, what where all the money is being generated from so it is it's yeah. a very very complex and process so we're um we're also edu- you know helping our artists figure that landscape out as well so yeah that sounds great so yeah at this stage um, i'd like to ask you if you are well if you're accepting demos from new artists so can anyone listening to us who is interested in and who fits uh, the styles of the label i know that it's a styles plural but still, so dude, are you are you welcoming new artists who would be interested in being released for you? Absolutely. Yeah. So we're definitely looking for artists that are, you know, doing something different that, uh, you know, might not be attractive to like some of the bigger indie labels in the electronic music community. So that was another thing. Another reason for st- starting the label and helping out one of my friends in that he approached uh, various different labels and um, that just did not fit into one particular box <laughs> yeah. uh, of genre. So it was very hard to get it placed with a record label. So that was one of the things that I wanted to do with Technophonic Recordings is to you know embrace and welcome those artists that are really changing things up and uh, pushing the boundaries. So that, yeah, we're look- definitely looking for artists that are more adventurous in their production sounds but sounds. but still has you know solid composition and you know uh, evidence of of music musicality so yep and all the links to your websites and online profiles are in the show notes so anyone listening to us can find them it's uh, the link for the episodes as usual and uh, yeah, so that's pretty cool if you are yeah, ready to hear from new artists and, uh, and communicate to them and uh, listen to their demos. So this is what I encourage our listeners to do to still listen to what you've got there. Because even if you have been releasing several subgenres of electronic music and uh, you don't have just this super like small and specific box of just one particular sound uh, that's great but still this is my number one advice to any any artist out there to before pitching to any label to listen to what the label releases because it can be still something something different something that's just doesn't fit too well and uh, yeah i guess yeah absolutely totally agree with that you know as a label owner it, it's frustrating when you get those blanket email blasts from yeah. artists that are not are you know rock or alternative <laughs> which is not the type of music we're releasing so yeah you know doing the research is really important for artists awesome so thank you so much for all the insights any closing thought to our to our listeners well just like to say thank you very much for having us and uh It's a very great opportunity um, to give a spotlight on our various artists on our label. And uh, so, yeah, thank you very much. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Adam and the listener for being with us. Find the show notes at wispin.co forward slash WSR69. 
And you heard it, feel free to send your music to Adam for consideration if you think it will be the right fit. Thank you and till next time. I'm going to Berlin for Music Tech Fest this week, by the way, so hopefully we'll bring some cool entries for you from there as well. See you soon. You have been listening to the We Spin Recipes podcast. Learn how we can help you improve your music career at wespin12.com. We spin